Thanks for listening to the Highlands podcast. At Highlands, we believe in leading you into a growing relationship with Jesus and equipping you to have a life full of purpose as you build your faith. We can't wait for you to join us next weekend. But for now, enjoy this message from our communicators. It's very exciting, isn't it? Well, I think it is. <laughs> I think it is because, uh, you know, there's, there's a, a great need in our community right now for life-giving churches. Um, Really and honestly, the world, is, the world is saying step back. The world is saying you need to pull your head in as Christians. The world's saying all these different things, you know. And, and I believe God is wanting us to raise up at this time and stand up and actually make a, a statement that we believe God moves, we believe God is making a difference. And we want to reproduce this facility here. God's given us a model that's incredibly powerful. And uh, we're reproducing this here. And probably in other places around the state, I'm working with Ross Abraham at the moment, our national chairman, to do the same thing on the Gold Coast for him. Um, We want to roll this out to make a difference, to see people come to know Jesus. And our heart in this, and that is our heart, our total heart, is that we see people come to know God, that they literally do find freedom. They discover their purpose, make a difference in the world. And uh, I get excited by this. And... You know, we've bought this 100 acres. Uh, we're in the process. We haven't uh, settled it yet, but it's certainly we have the contract on it and it is ours. Uh, we're just going through our due diligence. We've been to the state government and talked about our uh, designation process. We, we did, it's a way we do our town planning as a college and an early learning centre and a church. And we've talked to council last week on it. Um, and so we're well in train in this. So it's quite a quite an exciting time for us as a church because we get to do what people did 40 years ago here. We get to do it for the next generation. We get to leave a legacy that will go on and affect the lives of thousands and thousands of people. So we get the opportunity to be in that. That's what I love about us. You know, from the beginning of time, In Genesis, God's always said, be fruitful and multiply. It's always been his statement. It was his statement to Adam and Eve. I love the way it says it in the Message Bible. It says it this way. God blessed them and said, prosper, reproduce, fill the earth, take charge. Don't you love that? And I'd love us to get a foundation into us as we go into this season. Uh, And if you're visiting church today or this is your first time at church or you've been here for a little while, every year we do a a season of generosity. It was called 2C9 and that was out of 2 Corinthians 9. And and we really feel God's moved us into this area of expansion. And we spend this whole month talking about finance and generosity and money. At the end of it, we receive an offering uh, to do the things that God's called us to do. But I'd love you to get a few foundations. If you pull that scripture up again for me, it says, God bless them and God blesses you. That you're blessed. That same command over Adam and Eve is the same command over you. God wants you to be blessed. He wants you to prosper. And sometimes I think we struggle with this. Sometimes I think, oh, well, 
You know, as Christians, and, and maybe you've been brought up in a, in a, a denomination that you know, had a different philosophy to finance and money, but I, I think from the beginning of time, God wants us to understand that, he, that we're called to prosper. And if you study the scriptures and as you read through the scriptures, wherever God was, people prospered. Wherever put, people put their heart towards God, they prospered. He then said, reproduce. It's not just for us, it's for others. It wasn't just that we prospered and we bought the latest whatever it is that consumer demand now. But we reproduced, it's about others. And I think it's so important to catch that. Fill the earth, take charge. For too long, for far too long, the church has taken a back seat. It shouldn't. It shouldn't. You've got to understand who we are. That we're not just some weird bunch of people. We're actually God's people. We have something called authority. And we should influence the world. Now that doesn't mean we grab our big black Bibles. And I've got one here, my big black Bible, which I love. I've had it for a long time. The pages are going yellow. It's not that I grab this big black Bible and I say, you should do this. But it should be that I have an authority, an understanding of who I am, that I don't take a back seat. And I'm not ashamed of the gospel of his name. That's what that means. And when we demonstrate that we know God, by how we know others, how we love others, how we care for others. It's not just how much scripture we know, but it's how we live our life that we actually take charge and change the world. See, God's always wanted the best for his people from the beginning of time. He's always wanted us to grow. He's always wanted us to expand He's always wanted his people to make a difference, to be the best. I think sometimes we're ashamed to say we're the best. We should be the best. And that's not a prideful thing. It's a thing because we honour God. I love watching the businesses in our, in our community in the, of the church. And I look at Gavin Bar with Isaac Moody and what he's doing the best wedding venue in Australia, Queensland Caterer of the Year again and again and again, should be the best. I look at Josh Sharp there, the best builder. I look at the pharmacy at Southtown with Richard, the best. I look at the lawyers in our house, the best. Best Wilson Buckley, they even call themselves the best. <laughs> and they are. We should be the best. Is that something we should be ashamed of? 
But I think sometimes we think, I think sometimes we are. I think that's why there's that term called closet Christians. Because we're ashamed of being a Christian. The funny thing I've found is I've dealt with people at very high levels of society in Australia, all across Australia. They want to know all about Christianity. They want to know all about who we are. And somehow we sometimes shrink back from that. But I actually think at this time, God's calling us and always has called us, but right now he's calling us to expand. That's why we bought the block of land. That's why we're moving into that area of Highfields that we've already have an incredible church there that is growing and, and making a difference. Last week there was 52 children there in the kids' ministry. Like incredible things. And they have Sona in the front seat today. Alex was up, Alec was her husband's up there this morning setting up. There from really early in the morning, setting up and sewing in. Sona's here as she transitioned that church as the pastor. The hardest bit of the job in, in, in church is transitioning a church, changing culture. She's done it so well, the church has continued to grow, and now we have Murray and Kaz in there, and as they continue to take it forward, and this opportunity with the land we have up there. Because we're our Highlanders and we're called to expand. I think sometimes we've got to allow ourselves to believe that. Not just sit back and say, oh, well, let's see what happens at church this week. Because God's called us to make a difference in the world. Psalm chapter, uh, Psalm chapter 2 verse 8 says this, and such an important scripture. It says, ask of me. Ask of me. What have you asked God for lately? No, I mean really ask God. He says, ask and I'll give you the nations for your inheritance, the ends of earth for your possession. All the way through scripture, God encourages us to be those people who actually make a demand, an ask of heaven. Ask of me. Scripture says you have not because you ask not or you ask amiss. That's why every year in our, this time of offering we have in our, and you'll get a brochure on the way out. The reason you didn't get it on the way in is we didn't want you to see the announcement beforehand. But in the middle of this is a, a tear out. You can tear out and it's called My Prayer List 2021. I love sitting down with people as Doug has done this week and I was sitting down with a young couple this week and over the last two 2C9s, which is now expansion, they've written down their prayer list and they've gone through and ticked it off as God has answered every one of their prayers into the impossible things. You see, I believe we... We honour God by asking him for the impossible. Because if we only ask him for the possible, we could do it. But I really encourage you, and, and we've done this for years. If you've been here, I'm a, a great believer in lists. 
I'm a great believer in, in believing God, but I'm a great believer in writing them down and crossing them off. Because we tend to forget the things that God has done for us. When Moira and I, we, we had a church in Sydney years ago, and, and the reality was it was a little church, and it started to grow, and we, we rented a building, and we were believing for things like paint. And we would pray, and we've, got, we've still got the newsletter, which is really funny when you look back at it now. In those days, we used to have newsletters. Um, these days, we do things differently. But we actually had, we were believing for things like $20, because that's where we're at, and it was the impossible. And we saw God move, and we saw God move in that. And I remember crossing off those things off that list as God moved. And as you grow and your faith grows, you can start to believe for much bigger things. And, and now I stand at this place and I look at where we sit today in the auditorium that we have. And if we look across the college, I thank God for a group of people who, who actually had the belief to actually believe for this. But God wants us to actually have the ask. If you open up the front of my Bible and you can, anyone can have a look at it, but it, uh, it says in it, my ask list, because I have it there, and I ask. I ask for things, and then I cross them off. Last year I was asking for a new auditorium. I'm asking for a swimming pool, a 50-metre covered. We have a contact with Aquatic Achievers. They contacted us about a month ago, and they want to build us a swimming pool. Uh. We're negotiating with them at the moment. They only want to build a 25. We don't want a 25 because we want to be the best. Yeah. We want a 25 and a 50. Because we want a 25 for our swim school and our physio and the physio work and we want a 50 so we can do laps and we can train our kids, our college, a centre of excellence in everything that we do. And I just think it's really important that you write them down and Habakkuk 2.2 says write the vision down, though it may tarry, it will surely come to pass. And I look at this place and 40 years ago, and I look at Steve, who's sitting in the church here right now, about the fourth row back, fifth row back, who would set up the college every week on a Sunday night with a group of people at the back of the church. And then he would come and pack it down on a Friday afternoon so that we could do church on a Sunday. The vision goes forth to make a difference. And I want to spend some time around it today and I'm, I'm not preaching at you. I want you just to catch it. My heart is that we catch it. Not just get excited about it, but we catch it for our lives. Philippians chapter 4, verses 15 to 19. It says this, now Philippians, 
No, also in the beginning of the gospel, when I departed from Macedonia, no church shared with me concerning giving and receiving, but only you. I think that's pertinent, that, that, that statement, because sometimes I think we can be ashamed, and it seemed to be there from at that time as well. They didn't, wouldn't talk about money. They wouldn't talk about giving and receiving. There was this thing that they pulled back from, even in that time. But I actually believe we should, and Paul believes we should, certainly because of what he said. For even in Thessaly, whatever it is, you sent aid once and again for my necessities. Not that I seek the gift, but I seek the fruit that abounds to your account. And that's so important. And if you catch the heart, and, and this really explains the heart of us when we talk about money every week, and we talk about it in this season, is we actually want you to prosper. Not just for the gift, but you prosper that we, we see the fruit of it from your account, that, that you grow in this area, and, and it comes from an understanding that God wants you to be blessed. And as you sow, you reap. Indeed, I have all and abound. I am full, having received from... Now imagine, now my, my surname's Wooten, okay? So every time I go into a shop or I go somewhere, I have to spell it. And Moira's Moira, and she has to spell her name. So she married me. She was Walker, which was really easy. Now she's got to spell both names. Imagine if your name was this guy. Anyway, the thing said, you from a sweet-smelling aroma, an acceptable sacrifice, well-pleasing to God, and my God shall supply all you need according to his riches and glory from Christ Jesus. He will supply all you need. You know that word supply is such an interesting word. It says this, the word is plural in the Greek, which means to make full, to fill up, to fill to the full, to cause to abound, to furnish or supply liberally. God will, according to his word, does anyone believe the Bible here? Just checking. God will supply all of your needs according to his riches in glory. I don't think God's poor. Sometimes we think he is. He wants to supply all of your needs. He wants to supply all of your needs. And you say, well, why doesn't he? And some people, you might struggle a little bit. One of the things I've noticed all the way through Scripture, and I've just been studying for this particular series, I've been going through the Scriptures and looking where God provided And the interesting thing, if you have a, an understanding that God gives us everything, so he gives us the air to breathe, he gives us everything, that God provides our everything. And all he requires of us is to give back, sacrifice. So we don't just keep it for ourselves and go back to that first scripture, we can ask God, and in Psalms 2.8, it says, 
you can ask of me and I'll give you the nations from your inheritance, the earth, your possessions. It, it's talking about others. It's like going back to Genesis. It says, prosper, reproduce, fill and take charge. Reproducing is something that's for more than ourselves, not just for ourselves. That everywhere we sacrifice, God moves. God will cause you to abound, both spiritually and naturally. It's, it's such an interesting thought. And, and I, I went through a season in my life, and confessions of Ken today, where I thought, nah, because uh, I heard preachers say, well, you've got to give to get. I thought, well, that doesn't seem right to me. And, and I wrestled with it. I, I spent a lot of time debating it and debating it with other people and talking about it and wrestling, saying, well, God, God gives first, you know. And, and, and they're saying, no, you've got to give to get. And the revelation that came to me eventually, and maybe I'm just slow, is that God gave us everything in the first place. And all he requires us to do is sacrifice a little bit. And he moves on that sacrifice. It's so interesting to me that that's how God works. You see, we live in a world right now where there's incredible fear. Have you noticed that? Everyone's fearful. Moira and I just read a, uh, a book together and uh, what Moira and I do is when we travel in the car together and we like to drive, so we listen to books and things like that together. So usually what we're doing is we're listening to a book and on Audible and um, something interesting is said in the book. We stop the book and talk about that and chat about it. But we just listened to a book called The Happiest Man Alive and and was one of those books where we actually didn't stop it and talk about it because we were go- so gobsmacked through the book. And it was a book on the Second World War and a Jewish guy who actually lives in Sydney now who was um, in that horrible situation with the Jews over there and he tells his story and how fear had gripped people. And we're living in that time right now where fear grips us. And the thing I notice about fear is it stops us. It stops our faith. It causes us to shrink. You notice that? You notice with fear, if you've got a fear of spiders, you shrink back from them, don't you? If you've got there's some fear, you might have a fear of other things and you shrink back from it. And I think the world today, with the fear there, people are shrinking back. Yet I'm hearing the voice of God say, expand. I'm hearing the voice of God say, come on church, not just us as a church, but the church globally, expand. Stand up. It's time for the church to rise. See, I see this this time for us right now is the greatest opportunity for the church ever in my lifetime. Because there's so much fear around. Yet we have an antidote to fear. Yeah. It's called faith. Yeah. 
As we go through this season of expansion this year, I want to encourage you to catch faith to immunize you from fear. Because the whole world wants you to pull back, but God's saying, come forward. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verses, verse 10 says this, Now, may he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for, for food, supply and multiply the seed you have sown. So there it comes back to what I was explaining before, that God provides you seed and bread. And he's providing a seed. He's providing our finance. He's providing our life. He provides the, the things that we don't even think about, like air and water. He provides all of those things. And what he's encouraging us to do is to multiply the seed you have sown. That he, that, and multiply the seed you have sown. Increase the fruits of your righteousness that you will be enriched in everything for all liberty. Liberty, I can't get my words out there, which causes thanksgiving through God to us. My God, this is what it says, God supplies you seed and bread and multiplies the seed you have sown. So if you imagine, where's my wallet? Here it is. Hasn't got butterflies in it or moths. Then I take this. And I come across to Jody, and out of my which I actually have cash in here today, Jody. And I take this. No, I'll give you twenty, not a five. How's that? And I take this, and I say, "Here, Jade, there's twenty dollars. You can do with it what you like. But what I'd like you to do, you can do with it what you like." But I would like you to do. I'd like you to take a little bit of that and sow it. I'd like you to take a little bit of that. Now, now, this is God's heart for us. He says, I give you everything. But what I'd like you to do is take a little bit of it and sow it. And if you do that, it's going to multiply and increase. You don't have to, but. So no pressure. And sometimes we misread it, because sometimes we misread what God's saying. He says, you can have the lot, but it's your choice. It's your choice in what you do. But if you do this, the promise is that it's going to multiply. And you're going to be blessed. But it's your choice. You see, you can expect great expansion if you follow the ways of God. You can still expect to be blessed because God still blesses us. He still provides for us. But I don't know about you. I want to see us blessed. I want to see us expand. I want to see every family in this church, every household, every person go far beyond where they are right now. Catching the truth of God and changing the world. We see it all through Scripture. If you read your Scriptures, you'll see it all through. 
You'll see God as people sow, he pours abundance out. They sow, they make a sacrifice, he moves on that sacrifice. Sometimes it's just in an offhanded comment in the scripture. I was reading through Kings the other day and it was such an interesting read. You know, it's taught, I love Kings, it's all about battles and the Kings fighting battles and things like that going on. It's a great boy book. And uh, it says this in 1 Kings chapter 20, verse 29 to 30. It says, So it was on the seventh day the battle was joined, and the children of Israel killed 100,000 foot soldiers and the Syrians in one day. Not a bad day's work. And the rest fled to Apek into the city. Then a wall fell on 27,000 of them, the men who were left. And I thought, isn't that interesting? They did their bit. Maybe you don't like the stories of the blood and the gore and the guts and 100,000 people being killed. But they did their bit. They were obedient to the things of God. And then God did his bit. A wall fell on them. And sometimes you just don't see it, do you? I read through that. I've read through that scripture probably hundreds of times and never noticed that they did their bit and God did his bit. My question to you, church, the challenge to you through this season is to choose to your, do your bit. What God's saying to you? Because just as God gives us abundance and says, do with it what you will, you have free will, you have free life, I sense the challenge is to us is what are we going to do with it? What are we going to do? At the end of the month, and this is one of my favourite parts of the month, I love this celebration that we have, and it's very biblical, it's very scriptural. On the 29th of August, in all our services, we receive an offering. And the back of the book you'll get on the way out, you can take out your pledge card. And I love this service, particularly these services we do. There's something about a move of God that happens and it has happened every year we've done it. The God moves as people take and turn their thoughts into faith as they write down their offering and they sow it. And then we see the stories come again and again and again. So can I encourage you, church, this morning as you receive these booklets on the way out, that you pray about it, that you grab your list and you start to write down and start to pray and say, God, what should we ask for? And make it, can I encourage you to make it big? The impossible. Write it down. And when you see God answer it, cross it off. Do you know last year we received the offering on Sunday morning and there was answers to prayer by the time people had got home. Testimony after testimony after testimony. And I love that. Because please don't think, look at this as, oh, look, the church is after our money. 
because we're not. But we are, just like Paul said, to see the fruit come to your lives. Let me pray for you. Father, I thank you for this place. I thank you, Lord, for the incredible opportunity that you've given us and we have. I thank you, Father, we stand on a lettuce field that has turned into a place where thousands of people have encountered you. Thousands of people have given their life to you. Thousands of people have had their lives changed. Kids have been educated. Kids have been blessed. People have taken what you've done and gone and changed the world. Father, we thank you for that. We thank you for the opportunity that you give us that we're actually blessed to be in this place. And Father, I stand in awe every week at what you've done. And I stand with incredible excitement looking forward to what you will do. So Father, bless these people as they think about this. Father, as they choose what they do, Father, I pray incredible blessing upon them. Hey, just while every eye's closed and every head's bowed, and we do this in every service because it's why the main, one of the main reasons we exist as a church is for people to know Jesus, not just know of him. And I want to give you that opportunity this morning. Maybe you've never been in church before or maybe you've been in church for your whole life, but you've never actually asked God into your life. I want to give you that opportunity because it's the best decision you'll ever make. The way we do that in this place is just while no one's looking around, a decision you can make yourself, not with the people around you, this is really your decision to say, God, come into my life. I want to know you, not just know of you. So I want to give you that opportunity. The way we do that is just while no one's looking around, if that's you and you've never given your life to Christ or you've been away from God and you want to come back this morning, I'd love to pray with you. So I'm asking you while no one's looking around, if that's you, would you raise your hand so I can see it? I'm not going to embarrass you, but raising your hand is just an outward expression of an inward decision you're making. So right across this room right now, if that's you and you've never given your life to Christ, or you've been away from God and you want to come back today and recommit your life to Him, would you raise your hand just so I look around. I see that hand. Thank you so much. Awesome. See that hand. Thank you. Now God will come into your life today. He'll change your life forever. Awesome. Well, church, why don't you pray with me? I'm going to pray a simple prayer. And if you raised your hand or even if you didn't raise your hand and you desperately wanted to, would you pray this prayer? And uh, pray it from your heart. And all that means is that you're sincere. It's not something you're just praying rote after me, but you're actually saying, God, I want you to be real. The prayer is very simple. It's this. Jesus, I ask you, come into my life. Forgive me for everything I've ever done wrong. Be my Lord. And be my Saviour. And Father, 
I ask you to make yourself so real to me. Amen. Thank you again for joining. We hope you feel encouraged to take these words with you to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. For more resources and to connect with us, find us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and our website.